Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Howdy, y'all. How you doing today? Thank you so much for listening, and welcome to the first episode of The Chronicast. This is your weekly podcast full of tips, tricks, and expanding your knowledge on cannabis. I aim to help destigmatize the cannabis community and normalize cannabis consumption. Each week will be a discussion with someone that has a unique perspective within the cannabis community. We'll also discuss all the things that are relevant to cannabis, including news, movies, video games, sports, and music. Pretty much anything that makes it so that cannabis can enhance it. I'm a full-time marketing director with our title sponsor, Cinder, in Spokane, Washington, and I've been involved in the cannabis industry since 2016, and I've been able to see firsthand just what an amazing community that has come with it. I also know from having worked as a news photojournalist during the legalization movement in Washington, just how little is really known about cannabis and everyone involved in it. I can't think of a better way to learn something than from those who would work with it every day. And with the Chronicast, I hope that we learn more about all the amazing people involved within the cannabis industry. Suits to flip-flops, we're smashing the stereotypes and learning what's most important, how to stop worrying and enjoy cannabis. Before we dive in our first episode, big thank you to Cinder for sponsoring the Chronicast. If you're ever in the Spokane, Washington area, be sure to stop by and check out Cinder, Spokane's highest awarded cannabis rec store. Visit cindersmoke.com, C-I-N-D-E-R, smoke.com, for store details and more about curbside pickup. Now, for our first episode, Mitch, which is Cinder's purchasing manager for the Spokane Valley location, he'll be joining us. And Mitch is going to give us a few tips on what to look for when you're shopping for cannabis, why Top Shelf is worth the price, what some of his favorite brands are, and a lot more. But first, headlines. First up, we got to legalize it. There are five U.S. states that are voting to legalize on the 2020 November ballot. Arizona, Montana, and New Jersey are voting for recreational. Mississippi is voting for medical. And South Dakota, they're voting for both medical and recreational. I love that we're starting to see more states vote to legalize. The More Act vote, which is legislation aimed at legalizing cannabis federally, has been delayed. Even if federal decriminalization comes, the states will more than likely be the ones who are dictating how it's dealt with. There's already 11 legal states. Let's add a few more. Coming up, I think we've got the winner of the next-gen price reveal. The release dates and pricing for the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, which is a mouthful, has been revealed, and no, you probably can't buy one either. Coming out November 10th, the Xbox Series X will be $499 and offer 4K gaming, while their cheaper digital-only option, Xbox Series S, will be $299 and offer 1440p gaming. PlayStation 5 releases November 12th and will also be $499. Here's the interesting part, though. PlayStation 5's digital-only model is $399, only $100 more than the Xbox. And, unlike the Series S, it offers full 4K gaming. Personally, I only buy digital games nowadays, and I already have a 4K Blu-ray with my current Xbox. The PlayStation 5 digital-only option, to me, is the perfect combination of great prices and specs. I will say, though, neither company has any exclusives that are making me want to buy either one at launch. Which is a good thing, because pre-orders are sold out. Are you planning on getting any of the next-gen consoles? If so, which one and why? The Watch List You've probably run out of things to watch, but don't worry. Some old guys in suits you've never heard of told us about some new shows that we could check out. Watchmen, Schitt's Creek, Ozarks, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, and I know this much is true, 
have all won Emmys and are all available on streaming platforms. Personally, I've only seen a few of the Emmy winners, such as Ozarks and The Mandalorian and a couple others. Which of the Emmy winners have you guys seen? The multi-Emmy winning show The Mandalorian is also coming back in October and bringing with it more Baby Yoda. The Mandalorian was a huge highlight for me as a Star Wars nerd that was pretty disappointed by what's been released since Disney started cranking out Star Wars films. The Mandalorian Season 2 follows Mando and the child as they make their way through the tumultuous time after the fall of the Galactic Empire. Season 2 starts October 30th on Disney+. Up next, I've got my interview with Mitch. I'd highly suggest checking this out. Uh, Mitch is probably one of the smarter people that I've met in the cannabis industry. And there's actually quite a few really, really smart people. Mitch actually has a Bachelor of Science degree in biology with an emphasis on biotechnology. So when I say that he's pretty smart, he's pretty smart. But he's one of those really smart guys that can also then explain it to you in a way that actually makes sense as opposed to all the lab guys that I've run into who are explaining in science terms that I, I didn't understand it in high school and I'm not going to understand it now. So kick back, relax, and light up a joint if you can, as Mitch tells us how to shop for cannabis properly when going to a dispensary or a recreational store. All right, so Mitch, welcome welcome to my studio. <laughs> Thanks, Keegan, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely, I'm glad you could be our first guest. Yeah, I'm excited, this is cool. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, yourself to us, uh, sort of what your position is, how long you've been with Cinder and all that. Okay, rock and roll. Um, so my name is Mitchell Anderson. Uh, I am a purchasing manager here at Cinder. Um, I'm working on year three right now. Um, yeah, I've gotten into the industry in 2015 originally. Um, was on the growth side of things and then uh, Kind of stepped away for a little while and came back, and Cinder's been my home ever since. Nice. So uh, you also have uh, experience growing it. What was that like? Um, oh, man. It is so different than the old days when you were growing in your closet and your basement. Um, Large-scale cultivation is a lot more like just a regular manual labor job. Uh, it is not as glorious as I think most of the population would think. Um most of your day is spent trimming, uh, pruning plants and that kind of thing. Yeah, everyone thinks it's like, uh, oh man, legal weed, this is going to be like the coolest thing ever. Nope, you're wearing a Tyvek suit and... Yep, oh man, and sweaty, oh, it's hot under those lights, uh, that gets old really fast. Yeah, I bet. All right, so uh, what we're talking about today is things that you should look for when you're purchasing weed, and I, you're uh, a purchasing manager, so I feel like you're the you're the person to talk to. Yeah, um, do have a little bit of experience with that for sure. All right, so I'm a brand new person coming into Cinder. What would be the first thing that I should look for when I'm trying to purchase some cannabis? Oh man, uh, first thing you want to look for. Oh, that's tough. I would say the first thing to do is to ask your bud tender what they're smoking. Um, I really like to look for uh, pesticide free to start. Um, usually what that means is that that farm isn't cutting any corners. They're doing everything right from start to finish. Because if you're cultivating cannabis, especially inside um, on a large scale and you don't have any pest problems and you're not using pesticides, you really have your process dialed in. Um, and clean cannabis is really... Um, I think the future of cannabis. Uh, I don't For think sure. we want to have any uh, issues like the tobacco industry has had historically. Um, and I think a lot of that would come from uh, unforeseen side effects of smoking things that are pesticide contaminated. So um, 
Next thing I would look for is uh, trichome development. So trichomes are like little uh, glittery uh, kind of white specks on uh, cannabis. Uh, if you see a lot of that, typically it's going to be an indoor grown, which would be my preference. Um, you just have a lot more control in that uh, situation. Um, and then price point for sure. Um, you know, you can get weed for really cheap, but that's not going to be the best experience. Um, and that's not to say that uh, quote unquote mid shelf option isn't going to be awesome. Um, but if you're willing to spend, you know, that $35, $40 an eighth on a product, you're going to really enjoy your experience. You're going to have the best possible um, outcome for that. Yeah, I think uh, especially buying uh, cheaper weed, uh, you might be getting high, but you're going to have to smoke a lot more of it to get as high as you would have with a top shelf. And so you might be purchasing like uh, seven grams versus just a regular eight, then you're getting the same thing. Yeah, and I think especially when you purchase cheaper weed, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's lower quality, but it definitely does mean that you're not getting the full potential out of that plant. Um, uh, if you're buying a $20 eighth or you know even cheaper, you're gonna miss out on the wonderful spectrum of flavors that cannabis can have. Um, there is some potential that it could be harsher, um, you know, hurt your throat, um, make your chest tight, um, which definitely reduces the overall experience, I would say. Yeah, for sure. No one likes that uh, weird chest where it's like, oh, I can't breathe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, unless you're dabbing, that's just, you know, that, that comes with the territory. Right. <laughs> but what are some important things when you're picking up a farm? Every grower in the world thinks that they have the best method and some of them do um, so I really like to investigate kind of how brands cultivate um, especially from a purchasing standpoint that's a huge part of that um, and that tells you a lot about what the final product is going to be like um, so just like a simple thing like whether or not they grow in soil um, that can have a huge a drastic uh, effect on what the final product is going to taste like what it's going to smoke like um, so that's a big thing. Um, I'm also looking for people that print extra information. So um, in Washington, there isn't a requirement to print like terpene profiles or harvest dates. And so if I see that on a label, that's a pretty good indicator that that farm uh, has a little bit extra care uh, in the plant. Because if you're willing to put your terpene profile um, on there and pay for that test, you really care about that. Um, so that's a really important thing to me. Um, ooh. I'm a sucker for good labels. Like I, I really am like good marketing will yeah. really grab my attention. And even if I haven't heard of somebody um, mm -hmm. before and they have a really good label, I'm, I'm willing to try that. I'll go out on a, a limb and give it a go. Yeah. What are some important things to know before you go into a dispensary? Oh man. So uh, I would say the most important thing that you should know is that THC percentage is not everything. Yeah. Um, that is... Uh, an old way of looking at cannabis and uh, we have since found um, that THC is not everything. Um, the next thing to know is that CBD does get you intoxicated. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people think that just because CBD doesn't get you quote unquote high, that it has no effect, but that is absolutely not the yeah. case. Uh, some of my favorite strains out there are a one-to-one -one ratio of THC and CBD. They're just absolutely perfect. Um, Next thing to know is that not all pesticides are dangerous. Um, there are really great farms out there that do use uh, a small amount of pesticides at the appropriate time. Um, and by the time that product is getting to you in the jar, uh, there's no trace of that. Um, there's pretty rigorous testing um, as far as that goes. Um, uh, and then I guess finally that it is worth 
paying more money for uh, a nicer product. Um, it really does depend on kind of what your what experience you're looking for, um, but for the most part, the more expensive weeds are that way for a reason. Yeah, that leads into uh, one of my other questions: What makes a top shelf eighth so much? Oh man, they think about every facet of the experience. So from like a flower standpoint, um, they really focus on. Uh, the entire growing process, making sure that the plant has everything that it needs, that they're not overdoing it, uh, that all the conditions are totally right. And then after it's harvested, they pay attention to what I think is the most important step in growing good cannabis, the cure and dry. Um, So they don't rush that. Um, I think there's a a big push um, to harvest and get the product out so you can get money and keep going with it. Um, And the best of the best take the time to do a full cure and dry, uh, which really helps the flavors uh, in that mature and then uh, concentrates is a little different um, top shelf concentrates are really really terpene focused I would say uh, there's a big boom in live resin right now um, and that's a product that was harvested and then flash frozen within 24 hours and uh, some people are even more extreme about that and it could be 12 hours or even 4 hours or seriously they cut it down and they throw it right in the freezer um, uh, so if you're if you're spending more money on um, uh, concentrate specifically you're really looking for a specific flavor uh, there um, the THC in a $18 gram versus a uh, you know $66 gram like from cold smoke which I would recommend everybody tries um, that will still get you high um, but the terpene content and the flavonoid content and that is really what you're looking for um, and really you know terpenes um, maybe have a, a bad rep about just being about flavor but they're also really important in the experience that you have um, so somebody that is uh, really focused on uh, terpene content in their concentrates is really wanting to deliver different experiences with every strain that they have um, I think that uh, there's a lot of products out there that are just about high THC percentage and they don't really focus on terpenes and a lot of those will have different strain names but they have very similar effects um, and it's not always what people are looking for. So, Do strain names really mean anything? Uh, sort of. I think it, that's a context dependent. So um, especially at the beginning of this industry, I would say hell no. Um, there are people that would grow, uh, you know, 1,500 pounds of cherry kush and call it 10 different things. Right. And uh, yeah, it meant nothing. Um, and to some extent, especially with how hybridized everything has become, it really doesn't indicate a lot of things. Um but really, I think the, the purpose of strain names is to um, allow the consumer to recognize what effect they're trying to get from a specific brand. So, uh, like, I already talked about Puget Sound Lopez from Western Culture. The, the, the point of that name is so that every time I go into a store and I buy a Western Culture product, I'm getting that specific experience from Western Culture. Um, you know, everybody has Blue Dream. Everybody has Wedding Cake. All of those are different. Um, they have different experiences, different flavors. Um, so, like uh, between brands, I don't really think it means a whole lot. Um, and eventually, I imagine, especially if this gets like descheduled and goes national and all that, uh, people just make that up. They'll have their own brand names for their yeah. experiences. Um, and and anymore, especially with like how deep crosses go, uh, you know, if we're like talking about girl scout cookies everybody knows what that means but you know there's clown cookies there's wedding cookies there's fucking blue cookies sugar cookies uh you know you might have a general idea what that's going to be like but 
doesn't necessarily uh, it's not necessarily a great indicator of what you're going to be experiencing Mm -hmm. so what would be uh some of the brands that you're smoking on right now or that you would suggest people check out um everybody needs to smoke root down yeah period they're they're one of my favorites um glw is amazing um those guys up on the hill have been doing this a long time and Mm -hmm. their process is fantastic um if you are lucky enough to come in on a day when we have Budweiser, absolutely pick up an eighth of Budweiser. Yeah. Um, I love Western Cultured. Um, yeah, those are those are probably my top four flower people. Um, Drift Boat's also another awesome one. Um, yeah, I don't want to leave anybody out, but I would I would say that's a good place to start for flower. And then uh, concentrate wise, I'm not as um, experienced with that these days, um, but Leafworks has been an awesome one for libraries and cartridges. Um, SubX is always going to be one of my favorites because they just have the flavors down. The, mm-hmm. Every strain they have tastes completely different, and it's a really intense flavor, and I really do enjoy that. Um, and oh yeah, can't forget Pure Form. Pure Farm is amazing. Uh, yeah. They have the best diamonds and live resin uh, on this side of the state for sure. Uh, their cartridges are phenomenal. Um, yeah, if you go with any of those brands, you'll be happy. Those are some pretty uh, solid heavy hitters right there. Definitely. Um, what would you What would you suggest be like a good product to uh, start with? Would you suggest like picking up a brand's pre-roll or would you say just go right for the Gramma Oil or an eighth? Um, if you've never consumed cannabis, uh, I would definitely recommend with, uh, starting with flour. Um, a pre-roll is probably a decent place to start, um, especially because you don't have to buy any hardware to go along with it. Right. Um, stay away from edibles for your first time. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, I would say another a good place to start would be cartridges, actually. Um, mm. It's so easy to control how much you get. Um, I think that's a, a really easy way to not overdo it. Um, I love flour. I'll always be a flour smoker. Um, and, you know, I think classically speaking, that's where I would try to get people to go. Um, but a lot of these new age smokers that are in their, you know, forties and fifties, they really don't want to smoke. Um, they're really kind of, uh, against that element of it. Um, so I think probably the best thing to do is to get a really nice cartridge, honestly. Um, yeah, you have the most control. Um, it'll last you a long time, especially if you're a new smoker. So that Mm -hmm. initial investment isn't going to hurt as much. Um, yeah. So when you personally are shopping, what are you doing? Cause like when I go into a store, I either straight up just ask the bud tender, what are you suggesting? I'm going to go watch a movie or whatever. Or I will say, uh, I need root down super lemon haze. How do you shop? So, um, especially with being a purchasing manager, I always ask the bud tender what they're smoking and try to get their opinion. Um, not necessarily cause I'm going to let them choose for me, but just cause I kind of want to know uh, what's going on. But, um, I like to really look at the, uh, bud and see kind of like what kind of structure it has, see if it's nice and dense, if it has good trichome development, uh, if it has multiple colors, um, uh, in the flower. Um, I like to avoid things that have super high test results. Um, so I'm usually looking for something between like 16 and 22% THC. Um, I know I said THC doesn't matter. It, it does come into the, come into, um, import there a little bit, but, um, 
I'm looking at price point. Uh, you know, if it's an off week and I just need to get high, I'm probably buying a pre-roll <laughs> instead right. of buying an eighth. Uh, but uh, I really hope that there's terpene profiles printed on stuff. I know some of my favorites, they don't do that, and that's totally fine because I'm, uh, you know, aware of that. Um, but I like the indoor um, grows typically. Um, not, not that there's anything wrong with like outdoor or greenhouse, uh, but uh, it's harder con- to control. Yeah, the, um, you know, outcome of that. I think there's a lot higher variability in those products. Um, I do like pesticide free. Um, that is something that is pretty important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, it doesn't always mean that the product's going to be inferior, but. Um, if they're growing pesticide free and they truly mean that, then um, I'm pretty confident that's going to be a great product. Um, yeah, I would say that those, that's about it. Um, outside of that, I'll try something new. If I, I don't have anything specific in mind. What are some uh, pesticides that you're okay with? Because like I'm also a pesticide free smoker, and like I'll do citric acid or like rosemary. I'll do essential oils, but I'm not going too much past that. Yeah. Um, essential oils I'm really comfortable with, uh, especially if they're not spraying them during, uh, the flower, if they're like a veg only kind of spray. Um, and then, uh, a huge one that I laugh at that we have to call it a, uh, pesticide is, uh, cloning gels or like Clonex. No, uh-huh. uh, it's just IV t- IBA butyric acid. Uh, you could literally drink the stuff out of the bottle. Like it, it's not going to hurt you. Your body produces it naturally. Um, and it's literally only used at the youngest stage in the plant. So if I see that, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. That, that's fine. Like whatever. Yeah. That, that one to me is so funny. Cause it's like, it makes your clone grow faster. Yeah. Yeah. It just gives you a higher success rate. When yeah. You're trying to, you know, produce thousands of clones. It's, it's, uh, I think an important tool. I think everybody should use it. And you know, there are ways to get good clones without, uh, using it, but I don't know. That's a, that's a shortcut I'm okay with. Yeah. Yeah. I think anything that makes it so that, uh, you can grow safely and quicker. I'm totally fine with, there's going to be so many different, like, uh, things that science is going to be able to help with nature that it seems silly to me to be like, well, nature got it a hundred percent right. The first time, <laughs> uh, it might've got it right. It doesn't mean we can't improve. Upon exactly. It. I, exactly. I guess that's a better way of saying it, is nature got it right. We're going to fucking perfect it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I appreciate you so much for stopping by. Is there anything else that you believe we should be looking for when we go in to purchase some cannabis? Uh, just make sure that, uh, you have a couple of questions, uh, shit test. I would say, I would say develop your own shit test. Uh, when you go into a store, especially if you haven't been in there before, um, develop a couple of questions. So, you know, if somebody is just trying to sell you something that they need to get off their shelf, um, or if they're actually being honest with you. Yeah. I mean, there are people that are just trying to get stuff off of the shelves. Okay. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, you know, that goes with any industry and, um, you know, those people will eventually get weeded out and mm-hmm. the folks that operate honestly will, you know, stick around. But, um, you know, if somebody, <laughs> if, if somebody doesn't stop talking about THC percentage, you might want to think about going somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you so much, man. Yeah. You have yourself a great day. Will do. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you can bear with me as we sort of figure out our pacing, how many episodes to do a month, and just everything else involved with doing a podcast. Personally, I've never ever done this before, and I'm really excited to go on this journey with you. I hope that you learned something, you laughed a little bit, and you leave feeling rewarded, or at least knowing how to get high better. 
Thank you so much again, and have an amazing day. Catch you next week on The Chronicast. Now for the required disclaimer. This product has intoxicating effects and may be habitable. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence of this drug. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. For use only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children.